Welcome to Try, Try Again with Catherine Velas, a podcast dedicated to relationships, the one with yourself and others. I wanted to introduce you to an amazing woman I was privileged to know. She was a coworker. I wouldn't call her a friend, though perhaps in the way we refer to so many acquaintances as friends, but she was one of my greatest teachers, and she touched me in a way as deeply as any friendship and as all great teachers do. Loretta Barnes was a Native American woman and a therapist at New Morning Youth and Family Services. I met her while working there. She was a quiet force to be reckoned with. When I met her, she was in her 70s and still working with children, providing therapy, as well as leading drum circles at some of the schools. And my understanding is she and Shelley Shepard, another therapist in the county, and um, another woman I never uh, knew, received grant money, and they started the Indian Education Program, as it was called, to provide services to Native youth. Her tireless commitment to children, particularly as an elder, was and still is for me inspirational. I didn't know her well, but I liked her. She always smiled and seemed calm and patient. I remember her bright eyes, sharp as a hawk, and her long white hair that fell to her waist, giving the impression of youthful enthusiasm and ancient wisdom all at once. And she had a good sense of humor. This was the sum total of how I knew her until that Friday morning. We were attending a meeting of about 15 other therapists, and I had considered not going because I had been up much of the night thinking and crying. My firstborn, my son, had left that day before for college. He'd driven off in his packed truck and full stomach, nervously starting his future, leaving behind a bedroom that, while full of furniture, seemed empty from his absence, and a mother who felt an emptiness as well. I knew I would see him again in just a few weeks or a few months, but I recognized this moment was momentous. He was leaving home, and I was completely emotionally unprepared. I turned down an invitation from friends to go out, and instead I sat in his room, relived the 18 years of memories with him, and cried. I didn't really realize that the kind of mourning I was experiencing was common and to some degree healthy, and the recognition unconsciously at the time that my strong emotion had as much to do with mourning the ending of my son's childhood as much as missing him. My husband and daughter were supportive and kind, but I needed, I thought, to be alone and just feel the sadness. Such a therapist thing to do. By the time I got to the meeting the next morning, I was feeling tired, emotionally drained, and very sorry for myself. Loretta was one of the first to greet me in the morning, and she must have noticed something was off. She asked me what was wrong. Perhaps she noticed my slightly red and swollen eyes or my tired countenance. I blurted out without thinking and perhaps for dramatic effect. I've lost my son. He left for college yesterday and I've lost my little boy. My eyes filled with tears as I was feeling this as a loss and I fully expected she would nod in sympathetic agreement, tell me all parents feel that when a child leaves the nest and perhaps even give me a hug. I mean, she was a therapist and I was really expecting validation. Isn't that what therapists are supposed to do? Instead, she looked at me with a mix of motherly affection, patient tolerance, and perhaps a little incredulousness, 
which I didn't notice at the time if it was even there at all. But she said, come with me. She led me into a side room and planted herself firmly in front of me. I towered over her by a good five inches, but somehow in my memory, I'm looking up at her. She grabbed my hands. With her flowing white hair and bright eyes, she appeared luminescent, again, at least in my memory. Her voice was calm and steady and determined. She said to me, let me tell you about losing a son and about really losing your children. She proceeded to tell me of her experience in losing a son and a daughter. Both her children lost in their late teens and early adulthood were buried side by side at the Georgetown Cemetery. She spoke of her children as if they were still alive, still very much a part of her. But she could not or did not try to shield me from the agony she felt at their loss. Her eyes were wet with tears, and she finished by saying, That is losing a son. That is losing a child. What you are experiencing is what is supposed to happen. You will miss him, but you will hold him again. He will smile at you. You will cook for him and laugh with him. You may see his wife and his children. There is much joy ahead. Dry your tears. She squeezed my hands and walked out of the room. The meetings that day were a blur to me, and I think I was in shock at the depth of the experience and emotions she allowed me to see, this woman I hardly knew. The next day when I was in Georgetown, I stopped by the graves of her children. I sat and thought about what she had shared, and two birds landed on the graves and stayed until I left. I thought about the unintended pain my words must have caused her my declaration that I had lost my son and the hard slap of her story and her pain that brought me back to reality. I was embarrassed, ashamed that I had showed such little understanding or gratitude. At the same time, I tried to give myself a little grace around the sadness I felt at my son leaving home, but also focusing on the joy that he was moving toward a new and exciting life, the balance of acknowledging my feelings, giving them space, while at the same time recognizing how fortunate we were, experiencing the sadness through joy and gratitude. It's a little like watching the sun in a blue sky through a rainstorm, experiencing the mixed emotions and being grateful for all of it. Later that week, I met with her again and told her I had gone to the cemetery. She smiled and thanked me. And I thanked her for giving me perspective and moving me from self-pity to gratitude. Loretta and I did not work together much after that, but I always remembered the lesson she taught me. I remember it still. She is a reminder to me that we, if we choose to be, can be teachers to one another, mothers and fathers to one another. And I tell you about her today because this week I thought of her as I often do when I work with parents who have lost children, as I did this last week. Parents who have lost their children to death accidents, violence, some to drugs, and some to severe mental health issues. They see their children in photos and memory and dreams, and they feel them. And that is sometimes a hard thing to communicate to others unless they have lost a child too. One of the many things these parents have in common is the pain they often feel as others discuss their own children and the accomplishments of their children or grandchildren. They report feeling simultaneously guilty 
for feeling that way. And yet the pain is still very real. It's still there. And for those not experiencing a loss like this, keep in mind there are people in your world that may be in pain. They may need to talk. I asked another woman I know, a friend of mine, who'd lost a baby and a teenage son if it hurt her to be asked about them. And she smiled at me and shook her head vigorously, and she said, absolutely not. I love to be asked about them. People always ask about my other children, but they never ask about the two who left me early. When you ask and when I talk about them, not only did they exist, they do exist. They are in the present tense. Unless we have outlived our children, we cannot know the pain these parents carry. We can imagine it, but in my experience, even imagining doesn't come close. What I have learned from dear friends and dear clients and my teacher Loretta is to sit and listen and not shrink from the pain. To bear witness and open yourself to asking questions and getting to know a child you won't meet or see again in this life. Loretta and I didn't see a lot of each other, and I knew her in a way that perhaps some others didn't. I knew the pain and the strength that lied just under the surface of that gentle smile and calm exterior. I was aware that she lived with this kind of pain, the kind that never goes away, and that knowledge made her even more inspiring to me. Have a week filled with meaning and love and inspiration.